Hey, I'm Neil Brennan. I have a podcast that you're watching. I have a Netflix special called Blocks where I talk about the things that make me feel like something's wrong with me, crazy, isolated. And then my friend Jimmy Carr, the idea, have your friends come on and ask them what their blocks are. And that way everybody grows. The person who reveals their blocks, the viewer who feels uh, less alone in the world. People love it. We shame shame. We're very, it's forced intimacy. That's a good metaphor for the show. Mm-hmm. And my guest today is the great Natasha Leone. Here's what I'd also like to say about Natasha Leone. You're not going to speak. I'm just going to speak about That's you. That's fine. We talked about this four months ago. You're the only person who has followed up about doing it. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is you didn't have to. You could have gotten away with not. You followed up. You're a good friend and person. And I I think it's safe to say we just fuck with each other. We do. We fuck with each other. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't remember where we met, but we we did meet. Did we, though? <laughs> I think it's possible that we've actually never met. Like, I realize we know each other now. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say about you. You're objectively interesting. And I've never encouraged anyone to write a book. <laughs> Or do like a single person show. I want it for you. Now you're, you fucked up with all these TV shows, but you've got a lucrative Broadway. You know how lucrative Broadway is. That's where the money is. You've got a very lucrative future ahead of you. Marvel and Broadway. Yeah. That's what they say in our business. Okay. So I don't even know if you did the homework where you come with the things that make you feel crazy. You know what I did? I saw the text and then I uh, did other things. (laughs) I, (laughs) I, and I thought... This is something I should look at. You're also someone who faced many challenges in life and has overcome all of them, most of them, some of them. Arguably none of them. Or, yeah, yeah, some are in remission, (laughs) some of your problems. Well, I don't even know about that. (laughs) I just, Uh, I think I just was transparent enough that somehow they became palatable because they were relatable. Okay. You had like a career. Uh Here's how, this is what it looked like from the outside. To you, by the way. Doing good. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I speak for everyone. Well, I would say you probably speak for a type of person who is not totally, you know, interested. In other words, now maybe I'm, I sort of seem interesting or something, but I would say back then there's sort of a, a there were people that already knew me well then, I would say. So maybe I, they but, have a I, but I don't feel like I'm an ambulance chaser. Like I... Saw Slums of Beverly Hills in, oh, okay. in the theater. Okay. Wow. What else do you need? That's it. Okay, <laughs> saw, now I'm willing to listen. Saw, saw Slums of Beverly Hills in the theater. <laughs> I'm not some one of these like, she's, you know, she's streaming. That, yeah. You know, here's my, here's my point. But you're a thoughtful person. So I want to know the things that you find challenging. Is it safe to say you're sober? I don't, I don't really like to... You know, I think a lot of people uh, do, but I just feel like my take is, you know, I I don't want to be like an an advertisement for anything. I just think that life is so tricky that you just never know. So I just don't want anyone. Yeah, I try to be open about my experiences. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I certainly certainly don't. I certainly was somebody who was, you know, uh, notorious and infamous for for getting high. And obviously that's not my lifestyle anymore. Um, but I definitely, uh, I definitely identify with that uh, typology of of person or something. I've, I don't know that, you know, like the brain ever changes or the way you hear music yeah. or something yeah. really changes. So in, in that sense, it's always sort of like, in other words, I'm somebody who still needs to be kind of like walking these streets at 5 a.m. sort of, you know, just thinking thoughts in the middle of the night, almost like alone and you know, or within the company of strangers. Uh, and just to say, and in, in that sense, I don't know that I'm fully, uh, you know, it's like I'm a, a changed person in terms of I'm not, I'm no longer uh, like self-destructive in these same sort of violent ways that land you in, you know, hospitals and DUIs and that kind of a thing. When you think about that being like that, yeah, is it about self-acceptance? Is it about you feel odd? Like, do you ever think about like your motives for, because I, you are, you're like a legit interesting, I don't know anyone that's kind of like you. Thank you. Uh, 
you know, the other thing that's so weird is, uh, I don't know if you're getting older, but I've been getting older. So what's happening you're now is- We've, we've slowed it down. All this kind of shenanigans, when we sort of like, even when my mind sort of tells me a story about myself, it's so, you know, connected to this like great event that are like my years as a junkie. And really in the sort of like history of that timeline, that's now like a blip yeah. in the axis of, you know what I mean? There's like sort of 25 years before, now there's like almost, you know, 20 years later, which is weird because I'm 22, but <laughs> it's it's sort of weird because it, that it's such a sort of seminal event. But I think, so in a way I no longer see it as being so much about drugs and alcohol per se, but more almost like I was uh, at Tisch, like a film and philosophy double major. I was like skipped my senior year of high school. So I was there by the time I was like 16 years old. And in that time, I was already sort of a philosophy major. Like those were my interests. At 16. And, yeah. And I think that the truth of my story was more like I'd seen so much, you know, fucked up shit as a kid alcoholic, crazy parents and that kind of a thing. And I'd already been a child actor. I was never a child star. And uh, and I think probably because of like my- And you never will be. Again. Do you hear me? And God damn it. <laughs> Not if you keep this Unless, silliness up. <laughs> uh, and I think probably because I always have like big hair and like a, you know, this personality or whatever in my accent, it seems like I'm such a an extrovert, you know? But in fact, I think probably as a kid, it was more that I was cataloging things like- a, a witness, sort of more like a, and maybe it was just like a coping mechanism, but almost more like a, a writer or a filmmaker. Like I was sort of watching vignettes because they were weird and traumatizing and fucked up. And there'd be like 60s music blasting from these crazy parents. So I would sort of see them as sequences and had like an imagination because I was already in the language of sort of like on camera, we make, you know, we sort of tell stories and I did, I got sort of, you know, famous, like American Pie, Slums of Beverly Hills. And then I sort of like dropped out of college and sort of aggressively like dropped out of that life because I found it to be not where it was at on this very sort of like teenage, almost um, like Jack Kerouac, Bukowski level that I was like, what is this thing? Like the top of the mountain is just, you know, like fame and like sycophants and free clothes and what the fuck is this? You know, like that's where, the, and you know, my parents had put me in that business. And so it just didn't add up. And I don't think I had the sort of proper support network to say, you know, no, this is just an aspect of self. I was very entangled with like the artist trip of, you know, either this is a substantive life or it's not. So I think I really went under into like this sort of belly of the beast of to see how the other half live in a way that was very, like um, pseudo-intellectual teenager who's obsessed with a certain kind of literature that is traditionally very male, lone wolf, like mm -hmm. expat. I want to see what it's like, sort of, you know, boozy under yeah. the skin. And it's just- Non-filter cigarettes. And then I think almost like a, a narc who went in too deep. It was like the nature of addiction. So you really look back on it yeah. like almost you were just like, I'm just see what this is like just for a second. Not even for a second, but more I was like this trip of like this sort of ego trip of, I kind of, I did it. You know what I mean? Congratulations, American Pie and magazines. And I rem as you said, yeah. American Pie, I remember thinking when I saw you that you were in it, I was surprised you did it. Yeah. I, I was like, I was surprised they got you. I was like, yeah. they got Natasha Leone. Wow. Like the good for them. And I was like, I didn't, I just thought you were a cool indie yeah. Person. And I think probably I was just sort of confused, like, sort of like now I, it's, it's very fun being, you know, a girl just because it's sort of like time has caught up or something. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The women in their thirties are unlike, like I'll meet girls and I'll be like, you know, women couldn't be like you yeah. 20 years ago. Then it was more, I just think. I was sort of like, what is this whole gig, you know? And uh, anyway, so I think like a narc that was in too deep, I sort of, uh, you know, drugs are catching. So I kind of like, uh, you know, I mean, Made to you if you're weak. Yeah. And uh, and then it was sort of like the the journey out was really the dark nights of the soul because it was not like she's back. You know what I mean? It was a whole fucking, 
extravaganza of, you know, you better go on this spiritual quest because you've got nothing else, kid. Like you, that was really where I saw that I had burnt down the whole house. And then now it's like I spent almost 20 years sort of rebuilding and, but almost then it was more like a choice to kind of get back into all these things. So all the relationships sort of changed of, you know, people like, you know, uh, you know, my Rudolph and Amy Poehler that I knew back then, it was suddenly like Amy and I were co-creating a, a show or mm -hmm. Maya and I were like making a production company or it just felt more, okay, there's a different way to do this whole game that makes sense for someone like me and that all that experience isn't wasted. But anyway, just to say that it's it's sort of, it's it's weird now looking back at all that stuff and the language in which you have to talk about it to make it make sense, sort of, you know, like season one of Orange is the New Black, I had to sort of talk about it in a way that would be, you know, palatable to people sort of reaccepting that. Per it's just, it's all so weird when you talk about the nature of humanity and how we don't fully give ourselves like the full breath of yeah. the human experience is all yeah. I mean. Well, I say all that only knowing that we know each other and part of, you know, the excitement of you doing this is, that you're somebody who does see things that way. So that's all. So the, that was a thank you. Yeah, kind of. I'm kidding. No, it, um, yeah. no, no, but I'm what I, as I hear you tell that story, uh, part of me is, is thinking like, was that section of your life and that, that arc, is it almost not inevitable in terms of who you were when you were 10? Like this immutable Leon soul, like you had the same voice when you were, when I became aware of you, which is you're 19 or something. I don't know how old you were when you did Slums of Beverly Hills. Like, like you were always this sort of anomaly, this, this like weird, like what, where they find her. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how the things that are like such a problem in your life become all the things that are, like the sort of gifts of your life. Yeah, the, as all you the get bugs older. Are become features. Yeah, it's just it's such a funny thing that that like more than anything, I think that's like my grandiose dream to like impart to other young girls who are sort of like seen as weird in a narrow viewpoint is like that reminder that all that you know it's just that stuff you always hear of like. All that stuff that makes you an outsider is the stuff that later, if you can just withstand the discomfort of it, sort of becomes the stuff that suddenly, that's the reason you're you you know you're writing and directing and, you know, all this, you have stuff in a weird way. So it's it's like, I, I wouldn't wish that discomfort on my kid self, yeah. but I do feel like weirdly what allowed me to survive was this weird relationship where it was like my job to protect her or something. And like in this very, you know, bizarre inner child sort of dialectic where I'm always watching out for her because like nobody else was, you know, and making sure that- Were you, know, you were an okay. only child? I have an older brother. Okay, was he around? He was around. Now I haven't seen him for years, uh, but yeah, he was around. Okay, Yeah. So, so, but you feel like you were in some ways alone. Yeah, by the time I was like 15, I was out of the house. It, yeah, it was just a chaotic sort of uh, home environment. So I, I definitely think I had this real relationship with like self that would be echoed um, like even with uh, Poker Face or something uh, or even in uh, writing Russian novels. Like I always really identified with the style of noir and like a Philip Marlowe figure because they have that sort of inside, outside, sort of like meta uh -huh. narrative experience of it's what like, they're It's like, I've witnessing. been through some stuff, don't worry about it. Yeah, and they're kind of like walking through these weird pockets that I think I always loved of like the after, after, after party. Yeah. But they're not fully in the room. They're more like witnessing the weird shit and they're like, oh, I see there's some, you know, ketamine going on over there. And it's like, they're doing a bump, but they're sort of in the experience of yeah. thinking about the doing the bump as the music is playing, not sort of, like lost in the sauce. Yeah. Of, this is crazy. Like I no love full that about sort of detectives and noir. Yeah. Yeah. And they're always troubled in a vague way. 
Yeah, that we don't really get the full story on. We reference it. They hook up with people, but it's more like a saucy broad walks across a room. She seems damaged, and they kind of have some interactions. But later, she's you know, she killed her husband. So (laughs) of course, that didn't work out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, and and like they have a shorthand quickly. Yeah, you seemed like that. You always seemed like that to me as just a viewer. Didn't know you. Didn't know anyone who knew you. And that's what you seemed like. And it is funny that the world caught up and you're, but you don't, you, uh, you're not bitter about that. There's the- Nah, in many ways, I think the thing I'm bitter about, uh, you know, which is why I'm like, uh, make Russian all the way I do, obviously. And, you know, continue to make it like weirder and more challenging and all these things is, I'm just bitter about the nature of mortality and the concept of time itself. Like it's such a, you know, people have been, you know, saying it for years. It's always important to bring up Woody Allen at some point uh, in modern times, but it's sort of like- the only, better every day. You know, the only problem with uh, aging, whatever, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but obviously is, is sort of death itself. It just means that death is coming. So it's sort of, I love getting older. It's great. Like I've also, you know, like never- looked better or felt better or sort of like, like had more fun with boys or my friends or kind of, you know, showbiz, it all becomes sort of right-sized in a way of, it's just not that, it's not as much of a head trip, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, it doesn't hey, mean as much, texting, whatever, yeah. it didn't pan out, you hooked yeah. up and next, you know, like, yeah. it's just not that weird anymore. And it's just so weird that as you finally catch on, your body's totally deteriorating and betraying you. It's, it's just so, it's just so dark. And, uh, that's what I'm bitter about. Like I'm not, in other words, it's sort of of no consequence that like I'm grateful that people caught up at all. Uh, and I'm grateful in the spirit of, for so many other women are sort of like oddballs that sort of are now in the zeitgeist. I'm grateful that that's the moment. Uh, but the bummer is like, how much time do you have left to kind of artistically sort of, you know, capitalize on it, meaning how many things can you make before that window is shut? Because you can't get up and down the subway stairs as well. Like you can't, yeah. you know, crush all those night shoots and pull all those fucking all-nighters. Culture is accepting people like you more and me less, whatever, to this simil- in a similar way. And, but I would also say you're accepting yourself more. You know what I mean? Like you're on the same trajectory in a weird way where it's like time is passing and you're like, oh, you, I can do this stuff now. But you also like, oh, I thought I was a writer. Yeah. <laughs> At the same, like, you think I'm a writer? I kind of think I'm a writer too. Thanks for the opportunity. Let's all do this. And your our our bodies are deteriorating. I mean, we're doing good. I mean, but, we look, honestly, we look great. You know, honest, this, let's be honest. I think we deserve, we deserve. I just th- don't understand why we can't pause here. Like have a nice I know. long pause where also everybody could just calm the fuck down yeah. and be like, let's right now, instead of just like rushing to make more things and feeling the anxiety of that, like what if we just were able to go get some more life experiences Yeah, and then come back to exactly this moment and make those same things, all those projects we want to do, but just with a little bit more like on 70s time, you know, yeah. where like time stretches. Do you ever, there's a quote about, somebody said a quote about the 70s that in in showbiz, you would do one thing a day. Like I, I called the East Coast. Yeah. You were done. That's it. <laughs> That's all you had to do. And they made like 10 things, Yeah, um, but they were great. <laughs> and the people, a lot of them overdosed, whatever. Let's not look at that. Hey guys. You know I direct commercials, and if you're directing a person and they're in a tank top with a towel, that can only mean one thing, gay porn. No, it can only mean one thing. It's a commercial for fitness. Look, I didn't get off to the greatest start this year fitness-wise. We went to Mexico. We ate many fried things, fried unvegan things. That hasn't been the best year for me working out, but uh, working out the thing is sticking to its heart, which is why the FitBot app is changing the game. Just pick a fitness goal, select your equipment, 
and FitBot will create a custom workout program for you. The app switches up your exercises to avoid overtraining or burnout while keeping your workouts fresh and fun. Your program also changes based on your personal progress for maximized results. So whether you work out in the weight room or your living room, FitBot has you covered. Keep up your fitness habit with a personalized workout program from FitBot. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app free at fitbot.me slash neil. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E. Fitbot.me slash neil. 25% off. It's going to be 25% off your credit card bill, but it's going to be 25% on your body. It's called Gains, guys, and it's a lifestyle. Fitbot.me slash neil. Whether you want to get more fit, or be a better parent, or get more done at work, there is one thing that will help, and that's better sleep. With Miracle Made Sheets, you can tap into the power of self-cooling temperature regulation, which has been shown to improve sleep quality by up to 34%. These sheets are infused with natural silver that present 99.9 bacteria growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Clean sheets means less bacteria to clog your pores and fewer breakouts and other skin problems. Go to trymiracle.com slash Neil. That's T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash Neil. And we've got a special offer for our listeners. Save over 40% and be sure to use our promo code N-E-A-L at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Neil and use the code NEAL to claim your three-piece towel set and save over 40% off NEAL to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Guys, get the sheets. Go to sleep. You work so much. Yeah. And do you like it? Because it, it it's you work more than I would like. I think. Then I I think you work more than I could bear. Uh, to be I wouldn't want to be you. Interesting, because I feel like you work so much. No, I don't work that much. I really don't. Like I I do. I was doing that show. That was a couple hours a night. You were nice enough to come to the show. Thank you for coming. The show was and great, but like you also had to write that whole thing. Yeah, I had to write it. And there was stuff. But then, you know, and then, and then I as you were writing it, you were sort of like, there was something else going on simultaneously. I was touring. Yeah. And but, like, now you're doing this. Yeah, but it, well, this is almost nothing. But when, like, there's always, I feel like you're always doing five like, things. I'm not like passive, but not, I don't, I don't have two series. Right. Maybe because, you know, Fred Armisen said, well, you yeah. think that's normal. For sure. Being with Fred all those years, I think there was an element of like, uh, you know, I'm going to be like you, dad. Like, first of all, I mean, I think we just so great. love so each other. So there was a father. You saw him as a father. No, it was more just in the sense of like, like we love each other so much. I mean, Fred and I are still like, you know, we text every day. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, it's, it's a long time to have a relationship. Yeah, I mean, how long just, was it? Like seven and a half years. Yeah. And, and we really like love each other. You know, we still have plots together. And uh, like plots for poker face, no, like plots like murder gonna, plots, no, for like, like where we're gonna season. be buried so we oh. can be, you know, reunited down the line uh, in the afterlife. And we really, really love each other. And and but I do think it was sort of like, oh, okay, so that's what this household is is we just kind of are always doing stuff, we're always on planes, we're always like, you know, everything, we're just like, we're always doing a million different projects. That's kind of the vibe. And it's very fun. It just feels like, it feels very alive. Like in a weird way, it occurs to me also that part of what I love so much about Fred and Maya is that, you know, they're musical geniuses also. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like they're hearing the world instead of sort of more like task-oriented yeah. um, workhorses. Like they're a little bit more like, ah, and there's another sound of another idea. And like they kind of go where, where it's warm a little bit, like yeah. artistically. And I think that I was like, oh, that's a fun way to be. And more than anything, I think it's always for me about uh, like hanging out in a very childlike sense of even 
you know, with Melania or something, or you know, because I've like texted you about work over the yeah. years. And there's a spirit to it that's more like, oh, you know what would be fun yeah. is like to play with Neil in this way yeah. because you're so quick and so, you know, odd that like the idea that I can like latch on to your brain and then we can play on a text chain that's gonna go on for like, you know, 30 minutes to not be heard from for another two months to then return yeah. to. I think it's like, I love that. that. Like I love I'm like, so hot for. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things in life. Yeah. It's just funny. And then it gets like circuitous and, and then it gets very deep. And all of a sudden it's like we're talking about life itself. Yeah. And it's back to bits. Now it's like photos and it's <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. then it's like a, a an unmaterialized plan or something. And I think it's really that sort of like friendship, childlike. Yeah sort of connection that is the reason I have so many you're also lucky going. I'll say because like the people my friendship showbiz stuff has been successful but very combustible interesting and so I have mixed feelings about it yeah like I love a teammate yeah I love, Me I call too. it like living, like we're going to sleep in bunk beds, right? Yeah. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Things. And, but I can't find quite the right bunkie situation mm. and, or they just, and whatever, for a bunch of different reasons. So I'm envious of that in that you found people. And I don't know, I think I know Amy the best of those three Yeah, and they're, but they're all very good people, but that speaks to your character as well. Well, and it's also like, now with Ryan, what's so interesting mm -hmm. is- Ryan Johnson, they do a show called Poker Face. It's streaming now on Peacock. On Peacock. Uh, <laughs> Peacock. On Peacock. On Peacock. 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 And, you know, what was interesting about Ryan was like, oh my God, this is another one in such a sort of like, you know, bizarre shape only because he's so auteur and together and yeah. sort of like blue chip official. Yeah. And the idea that he was kind of coming into this sort of mix of like Ryan and I have now like a, a friendship that's like sparky, like I have I with will say. Amy and, and, and Maya and Fred of yeah. like, we just want to play together. And then it's like, okay, what about Nick Nolte? Okay, wait, Louis Guzman, Louis Guzman. It must Guzman. feel like a weird hallucination. What Even like the credits. I was like, they did the fucking credits from the 70s. Yeah. The question I wanted to ask you is like, how do you do it without commenting? Like performance wise, how do you convince people to say like, I have a code red without like, being airplane about it. Do you have to like convince anyone? Do you, does anyone do it wrong the first take? Like in my fantasy, I could sort of like walk around doing all these interviews and stuff, just sort of Salvador Dali style, like meaning as eccentric as possible. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think, you know, I do that and maybe to my own detriment or something. Uh, because the truth is, is, you know, I'm very intense, workaholic, perfectionist, obsessive, and I have such a like deep respect for the lineage of filmmaking mm -hmm. that I come at things from like a very serious approach. So in other words, what's so fun about someone like Ryan is that he obviously does too. Then what's really fun is you get to sort of like, if you come from that place of sort of obsessive meticulousness, then you get to sort of turn it on its head in all these fun ways. Mm -hmm. But just to say, for example, with something like Poker Face, like Sam Rockwell at some point gave me his acting coach. And he was like, you know, you're going to be a New York actor. Because I've never taken an acting lesson in my life. I was just sort of winging it. And as I started doing more and more things, like where I really- Seemed like you'd taken some. No. And where I really got into it, and I was always, I was like a film major, not an act, not a drama. Yeah. So where I really got into it was like uh, the second season of Russian Doll. I really got into it from- You're okay, like, all right, gonna, they picked it up. I should take- No, if I'm going to direct all these people when I'm in the scenes- I would sit there with a laptop rewriting with the acting coach as we went through all the other characters, sort of motives and stuff to just check out that they were all sort of like vouchsafed, like knock on all the walls yeah. of their motives and shit too, all in an effort that when you get there, it can be loose, you know? So his name's um, Terry Knickerbocker. So it was like when 
you know, uh, finally it was like, Ryan and I had a bunch of conversations. Okay. It'd be so fun to do this thing. Ryan writes this gorgeous script that feels like a love letter of, you know, it's like a friend saying, Hey, let's really do this. Let's go into the studio. I wrote the fucking song. You know what I mean? Like, it's like very moving and it was so good. And then I sort of was like, you know, the big job here is how can you make it seem sort of second skin enough that you're creating the illusion of, oh, that's just, you know, that's Natasha. That's her thing. That's who she is. But, you know, back of that, you're so locked in that, in fact, you're quite different than the motives of, you know, Nadia or the chick from Orange is the New Black and really has nothing to do with me myself, who obviously is not a time traveler, a prisoner, or a detective. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Maybe. And I'm just saying that there was a lot of... um, just like hours of hard labor, writing down notes, trying it like, so that, you know, I like, I'm very, uh, like a memorized person who's Mm -hmm. like intensely like ellipses off book such that when you get there, it can feel all like loose improv, winging it. You know, I I just sort of have a belief that, and I'm the same way when I'm like, you know, directing, it's gotta all be just, you know, I just want everything sort of like frame to frame, like references. I want to know exactly, you know, what our plans are. You wing it with like, but after you've done it. Yeah. Near like, militaristically. I just like, you know, um, like sort of storyboarding exactly so that you can, you know, f- figure out what's going to marry well to what in the cut and like mm-hmm. what you really need. And then of course there's space because you're so organized that, you know, if you become inspired by like, you know, holy shit, fucking Nick Nolte is just, you know, crushing this. Let's add on. But there's a plan there. I think in general, I'm very like workhorsey like things to be that way. Okay. You mentioned work horse. You're a horse. We all see you as a horse. horse. And you finally have the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Workaholism. Is that a real ism? <laughs> Maybe. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. clearly like there's a hierarchy of levels of destruction. And it's like, is working all that much? Is it avoidant or is it like, I don't know. You know, that's why I'm saying like when you say something like sober, I'm like, is it? You know, like, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Like, that's great. I don't shoot heroin. You know, obviously that otherwise how would I get all this done, I guess. But at the same time, like, where does it go? What is it? It is, sort yeah, that you know, this sort of like, uh, you know, trouble spot of personhood. Is that the reason that at like, you know, four in the morning, I'm still sort of like in the notes section being like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Now let me get back to that tomorrow or kind of- Probably it, from 10 years, eight years old. Yeah, I just, I just think that's, it's almost like that's my safe place. It's like, well, if I just go to- a third location, you know what I mean? Which is not really- Not uh, here. It's not here. <laughs> not where I am. And it's not there. It's in this sort third space, which is imagination lane, which is much more fun when it's not alone. And then there, there is no, you know what I mean? So in a weird way it is, it's like you're using, you know, inspiration and collaboration and ideas as, you know, a drug for lack of a better term, because it's it, it's sort of an altered state, right? Like even the- the, the stakes of, you know, you're on set, you're not going to get the shot, you're running out of time, time is money. And you know what I mean? Like that is, it's sort of like the focus that kind of comes in and you feel like Bob Fosse. And, you know, of course, Fosse's on, you know, a lot of, you know, speed to get him there and yep. black beauties and what have you. And jump cuts, if you've but seen the movie. You can <laughs> sort of, you know, lock into this sort of like hyper-focused state that feels sort of, third space. And I do think that I'm probably more hooked on that sound or something like that white noise sound of like hearing the click to put it in cat on hot tin roof terms uh, than I am. Like, I don't know that I'm so interested in, you know, ambition, ego, money, like all that stuff is sort of like perks. You well, know that's what I, mean? what I wonder. Like, it's more about hearing the click, I think. Yeah. What is it? Because you're probably to be so go like you're making great money. You're, you know what I mean? Like you're not as much as some people. Of course. Every single person can say that. 
Yeah. Including the richest man on earth. It's like, well, if I, that one thing, they've then fucked me up. It's like everyone's, there's all, someone's always doing better. But for you, for what your needs are. I mean, define so, needs, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be a dick, but I need a yacht. And uh, yeah, that no, you no, do no. have. You, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm doing great. And um, so um, it is about like the thrill or it's the, like the thrill of the kill for sure. It's definitely. Yeah, more than that, it's it's sort of like, like the sparkiness of it. It genuinely like makes me happy. Like when we're, you and I are texting and something makes you laugh and I think of you as just like, you know, you're just like a high level professional. If I can make you laugh, that makes me feel like a certain, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. get a certain rush from it of like, I've sparked you and yeah. now- I, and I, I just like it. It's almost, that's what I mean. It's more, it's more like music in a way than it is another thing. It's more like, ha you know? Uh, and, and I would say also that's what's so addictive about uh, comedy for me and in, in general is it feels very much like third location altered state of just its own language and its own uh, rhythm. And that like in that, if you're genuinely like, cracking up is so silly and surreal that it actually like you're, you're nowhere in that moment. Yeah. And I, I like that sort of outer body experience wherever I can catch it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've never heard it said that way, but that is like the transcendence of, of like, ugh. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Like I can feel it in other places. Like sometimes if I'm in the edit and you know, uh, we're cutting a scene and then it's like you put a certain piece of music like when, uh, you know, we put like uh, Bela Lugosi's Dead uh -huh. over this uh, sequence in, um, in Russian All and it was just like, like I felt like my body sort of like drop out of like, this was it, you know what I mean? Like this, yeah. is, this is the feeling I needed and seeing it was so sort of like relaxing. Like I felt my body calm down or like, I remember like Fred and I, one time in the middle of the night, like we, we heard a sound in the house, you know, and it was for some reason, the next thing I know, we were like doubled over, like laughing hysterically while sort of half asleep. And I was <laughs> like, that's also like, I can feel my body really calm down or something, yeah. you know? And, and then there's also like that weird, like identification of like moments when we've texted and, you know, you said something like, Oh, you should you should write that down or something. Yeah, it's almost like I can feel my blood pressure drop. Of like, oh, so that wasn't just you know like the kid in me is like, oh, that's not my imagination, right? Like, yeah, it's sort of being co-signed as a shared. We're having a shared thing about like yeah. that that impulse you had for that song or that shot or that slow zoom or you know uh, like being with this person or you know what I mean like it's sort of yeah. like it might. I feel like, oh, I'm in the right place in the right time as a human being who's felt so often like I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like in those moments I can drop it in and I'm like, oh, that's what they mean by almost like gratitude, humility, like these big concepts it is that thing of, oh, life is weird, but you can have these moments that sort of indicate everything is correct. Correct. I remember childhood is just terrifying. Yeah. For a lot of it and out of control and uh, just not fair. And yeah. like, you're, I'm, you're wrong. You're wrong about this at world. I don't know how I know that or why I think that, but I'm pretty sure you're wrong. And then if you can put yourself, maybe it's aging, maybe it's a bunch of shit, but like, that's what I was saying earlier is like, you're, you stuck with it. And yeah. you were all of your suspicions about yourself that you couldn't even verbalize were correct. Like to, to get super meta about it, like you have that moment with Fred and it's like you were supposed to have it. Not even like everything in your life was leading up to that, but a bit of like, I was, this is perfect. This is like a form of purpose. That's like, what do you mean? My purpose is to, giggle with Fred yeah. in the middle of the night, but like, yeah, kind of. I mean, look, I, I'm very sort of quantum physics out just because I'm I don't, a curious I, person, yeah. I guess. And I, 
I find it to be sort of relaxing that it's this third thing that I don't know, I don't understand. Like if my love language is like cinema of the 70s or something, and that's what like flows through my bones, it's, there's something, I know bones work, but uh, there's, this is really just from doing too much psychedelics as a kid, married with sort of like, you know, like trauma child, you know, too much sort of like trauma and then psychedelics and then jokes and like other people in the arts is very much, it does get sort of dreamy, right? Of like, were those moments, like, did they happen in this past, present, future? Where were they? And where was I in this, like, as I was alive in these lowest moments, could I have pictured, you know, like I would feel that when I would, you know, like walk on set rushing on, I'm like, you know, I have all these jobs and it feels almost like, you know, like a stressed out, like Charlie Chaplin, Lou Reed or something like, and I'm like, oh, but this is exactly where the fuck I'm supposed to be. Like, holy shit, this is a-okay. Even as I'm like, absolutely, let's go. The budget, the budget, like, yeah. and somehow I'm very calm and like my, my wish for, you know, like other people that are like suffering as I still do, you know, like in, like, I just, I, I have to wonder like how much dark nights of the soul are just normal and we make them seem like they're not normal, but of course they exist because it's a rat race and you die in the end. So how could it, how bright like, how could, could you not be? be in a fucking head trip all the time being like, so I have to work and like fuck only one person and then to try to make money, to then stay in shape, to then die? What the fuck is happening? Like, of course it's a head trip, but it's almost like, like there's so much discomfort you got to get through to be like, almost like restored to the moment. You know, like I met Fred like a decade before we started dating. It's almost funny. In other words, in that sense, I guess I mean of like this idea of like time's arrow of why can I remember the past, but I can't remember the future. But it's sort of like, you know, it's very like Rocky Erickson. Like I've always been here before. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we already knew each other. You know, like they yeah. say that thing of you've probably already met the person, you know, you're going to marry or something. Like yeah. you just don't realize that it was like, the guy to the left, like when they widen out Rashomon yeah. style. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were fucking over there. So-and-so's second yeah. cousin who was dating this person 20 years ago. And like your true romance and the actual, your real child is like, you know, a third divorce, their stepkid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like life is this weird game where you just got to be on this sort of like psychedelic ride of, you know, highs and lows. It's weird. And- you know, showbiz is certainly like chips are up, chips are down. Nobody cares. You're the same person and it's nobody identical. cares. You can't get arrested. <laughs> yes. And suddenly you're in the zeitgeist and then you're two out shows. again. We need you to do two shows. <laughs> like, And you're just like, okay. And I mean, my Twitter is very much like, God, where'd she come from? Like, she's so neat. What a weird voice. And I'm like, hey, guys, like, it's been like almost 40 years. Game that right. Thank you. Yeah. Grateful to be but your like, ingenue. Yeah. You know. Yes. Take the gift. Yeah. Take it and literally don't think about it even a little Who bit. Who gives a fuck? Like. You said something about comparison. And I was talking to somebody else today where it was like, comparison, it's the, you know, the thief of joy. Right. Oh, Eleanor, right. Eleanor, I wrote it. I made that up. Eleanor Roosevelt. It's hers. So, but it's also, comparison is the, it's also a gift when you're talking about humanity. Not, it's literally, the purpose of this is like, what's it like over there in that body? How, how is the experience? And then you go, it's, you type, you text me something and I go, that's fucking funny. You should write that down. And you're like, that's kind of comparison. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's shared experience, but a shared experience is basically like I did this and this was the result. And someone goes, I did this and the, it was the same. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like beautiful, but we miss, it's often misused just to make ourselves miserable. It is, it is a shame that like, yeah, it's basically a shame that life isn't more pure and that we're also sick. Like we're also sick with this, you know, distortion of, uh, you know, why does this motherfucker have what I want? Mm -hmm. And like, 
you know, or why the, they, I think I want. Yeah, that why are they dating that person? Why do they get to look like that? Why are they getting that money? Why do they have that job? Why why don't they have to have these responsibilities? Like, it's such a wasted life. Like, I think about that a lot, and more and more. Like now that I'm getting older, I'm like, God, like how much life have I wasted beating the shit out of myself for all these things that just fucking didn't matter? You know what I mean? Like a third. It's just probably what a waste of a life. Like. Yeah, there's like certain things I'll, I'll I'll just never be, you know what I mean? And like, also like I'll never be certain people's type and I'll never be a certain, you know, there was, yeah, just like rather than go where it's warm and mm -hmm. like, you know, okay, maybe this sort of, it's kind of cozy over here. It's always, for some reason, it feels like the fantasy is always, I want those people who don't want me to want me, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's, romantic, professional, whatever. And what it, it's so dark, you know what I mean? It's so dark that we're all gonna like get to our deathbeds and be like, so that's what I spent my time here doing. Like yeah. beating the shit out of myself for not being X, Y, Z instead of, you know, just being cool with what I was and making the best of that. How'd you stop doing it? I don't, I don't know that I have like, I mean, the last time I can remember you doing it is when I said you're making great money and you said not as good as some. That, and that I was only honestly, like, so that was a long time ago. That was easily three and a half minutes by ago. By that, so. I think I meant a little bit like, look, I mean, I, I'm, uh, you know, uh, objectively crushing. And I say that as somebody who's literally like, you know. Somebody who's like, not crushed spent it. Spent times in the tents in downtown LA and fucking like looked under, you know, like cushions and, uh, you know, I've like, I have a lot of context for crushing and not crushing. You know what I mean? And that's like a high-low experience. Uh, what I mean is it's interesting that there always seems like there's a level of generic that gets the the big prize kind of, where it's just so can't wait to give it away. And yeah, anybody who's a little bit more specific it's just, in other words, on the scale of where- Yes. Kind of like- You're not making as much as J-Lo or whatever. I, I, you know, and and by the way, like I'm sort of into her like? trip. Yeah. I'm just sort of saying it's, it's it's a curiosity that I think, and I think that's been going on since the dawn of- Of course. Time, you know, it's like, I'm doing about as well as somebody can possibly do who also is still, you know, oddly fringe. Like I've never been this- yeah mainstream and it's sort of, you know, curious cause I just, I haven't, I haven't had to do that much to change uh, in a way. The thought that occurred to me as you were talking was like, it's like we have a hard time even accepting our own dreams. You were supposed to be this and you spent so much time being like, I wanna be it, but I don't, I also don't wanna be it. You wanted to be something else, you know what I mean? Or you wouldn't have been tortured. It's like, I want to do arenas. I'm never going to do arenas. I probably Why? wouldn't even like doing them. Because uh, charisma, age, subject matter, affability, just like, it's fine. But I still am like, oh, my life's fucking great. Yeah. So I, I hear you comparing yourself. And I hope that at some point, we can stop. I know it's just, it's an interesting thing. Like I often think, is it, is it ambition? And I don't know that it is. I think increasingly, like I saw, um, you know, Janelle Monet give this sort of like, you know, acceptance speech. And she was sort of like talking to young girls who were outsiders and like this whole thing. She was like, and I'm doing this. And just so you know, and I was, it, I was very moved because I was like, oh, this is my trip sort of well articulated because she's sort of like more um, verbal or just sort of, uh, she, she was more articulate, almost like she was less ashamed about the purity of what, you know, just the dream. Like she yeah. was like, this is, this is what this is about. And for me, I do think that I have a lot of things make me very mad um, in terms of like um, who we decide is, you know, worthy or not worthy or just the idea. Like when we do games uh, like 
hey, you're allowed to get gay married or you're not allowed to get gay married. And I'm like, who, who the fuck are you, right? Yeah. Like, who are you that you think you get to grant someone permission for equal existence? That's like a core issue. Clarence in Thomas. The history of <laughs> and humanity. And sometimes are, yes. And so it's sort of like, for me, if you're asking me about my dropping out of society as like a teenager who is sort of angry, a lot of it was about not being able to process sort of the injustice of the game. There was also nowhere for you to be. Sure. Relative to now, whereas Janelle Monet, as you said that, I thought about Fiona Apple's yeah. speech at the VMAs in yeah. 1996 or seven. And then she gets kind of ostracized for, and looking back, it's pretty innocuous. Exactly. But it was like, what? Like, don't even talk like that. Yeah, and it was a lot like, the weird thing about being sort of like a young girl was, like, I remember doing Howard Stern for uh, American Pie. And it was Great. like me and Tara Reid and Allison Hannigan. And I think I thought, oh, this'll be fun because he'll quickly realize that we're sort of like same, same sandwich. You know what I mean? And it'll be, we'll have a little bit of banter and then, you know, it'll get kind of dirty and then I'll get the fuck out of there. And instead it was sort of, this blonde chick is great in the sack. <laughs> this one, you know, it's funny chick. I don't know what the fuck this one is. And I, I think that that was a very minimizing experience about being like an ingenue in the 90s is there wasn't space for, nobody wanted you to meet them at their level. It was more like, so I'm, I'm grateful that that's Nobody was even going changed. to a level. By the way, the most lasting relic of that entire era more so than the movie, is you doing the jerk-off joke on Jay Leno, which comes into my Instagram once a week, and I welcome it. Well, thanks. I mean- That's you, it, by the way. It feels, that feels like you. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, I mean, it's very cool also, uh, like Jennifer Coolidge right now or whatever. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's so, that's so fun. Anyway, I, I don't know what the point is. The point is really just that I think it's less about you know, ambition or like, I want to do more and more and more and more things and more about, gosh, how great would it be to leave behind a legacy that told young girls that they can also direct casino. Meaning it's not like this is a boys club of sort of, you know, when girls make movies, they should be in soft focus or the word girl yeah. should be in the title. You know, it should be also that there is this kind of broader scope of vision around what what people are capable of. And as those lines start crossing and and mixing up and it's kind of yeah everybody should do whatever the fuck they want to do and 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 uh and I do think that that sort of drives me more and more to be like yeah I just like in lieu of children or something I want kind of then to have something of being like oh right we also yeah like did you see how crazy those shots were and but Joe Pesci was in it you know what I mean and yeah that's like you know, that weird girl made that, that means I can fucking do it. That's what I got from what like Janelle Monet was saying that really resonated for me of like, that's why we do this, not, it can't just always be self-serving because there's nothing, there's no there there. It can't all be public service either. I guess, but there is something about you like want a, it, I don't know. a you feedback, want it. a feedback loop of like encouragement of as they're encouraged, it sort of encourages like, it feeds, it feeds like the, the need to sort of say like, okay, if you guys are like this, maybe you'll be into this weird shit. Yes. But I'll also say you're doing it. It's getting way more matter of fact. Meaning I looked at the credits of, of, of Poker Face and I'm like, a lot of women's names in here. And yeah. you guys aren't fucking like, banging the drum loudly. Like, do you see what we're doing? You're just doing it. You know, yeah. this is an overly simplistic question. Do you see it as you like, we're in culture, we're like, I can't fuck with culture as it is. And you were sort of so put off or traumatized or angry that you then went into like a spiral of abuse and then like kind of came out of it. Like, are we all... <laughs> we're all better now. Like, can I be a person yet? Like I'm back. Can I be a person? And you were, 
you were allowed to be. Like you can now you can do it on your terms. Where like that '90s shit is creepy and embarrassing. Like I'm scared yeah. for you with Tara Reid and and going on Stern. I mean, sure. Like it's interesting to talk about on purpose, sort of like for people or whatever, separate from like our own texts, let's say, because what you realize is it's, it's very hard to have in a way like any beef at all with how it went. Like it occurs to me sort of in this moment that I was like, damn, like shit really, it was kind of nice in a way. Uh, what? Like things are pretty good right now. Like life is not bad right now. Um, it's like you're in harmony with a little the, bit with and the with I hate to say the culture, but you're in harmony with like your output, le the level of acceptance for your output, and it's kind of beautiful. You know, it's dark is it'll turn, honey. Oh, it's always, honey, it's gonna turn, sweetheart, and it's gonna be dark. The, you know, the turn is out there doing push-ups right the now. The turn's out there right now, waiting. <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> just order a large coffee. It's got yeah. time. And, but again, I don't even, without even looking at that, that's how, again, outside in knowing you more recently, that's like, it's cool that, and also it seemed in a, you couldn't see yourself, but you were like, what are you, I mean, I literally remember, what's she doing in American Pie? You belonged in Slums of Beverly Hills. Like, that was like, did she write this? <laughs> like, did they write this for this girl? How old were you then? Hey, like 17. Yeah. Tamara Jenkins, she was so yeah. great. And then you, it truly feels like it just caught up. I will say that it, I definitely am like, more having fun. It's interesting. I have a lot of like, I guess what we don't talk about is like, there was a lot of like hustling involved. Like I'm definitely like a city kid who's like, I what got a lot of hustling? hustler in me. Meaning like I worked for that shit. Like, so when the I'm- The first run? All of Or it, this one? Yeah. Like, so when I, uh, when like I'm in Los Angeles and sometimes I'm like driving and the music's playing and I'm like, ah, shit, this rent-a-car is a fucking, you know, Mercedes. And, you know, it was not, it was not like that. It was a lot of like borrowing like friends' cars and calling on the cell phone, trying to hustle up work, trying to hustle over here, hustle over there. And I'm like, gosh, that's really something. Like, and I sort of, I'm almost like, holy shit, you kind of, you sort of cracked that a little bit, you know? And I'll be walking around New York and I'll sort of like, turn into a corner. I think, again, this is all very like, you know, Russian dolly of like the itch I'm trying to scratch by sort of what I'm always trying to do with like, you know, past, present, future, dead, alive, whatever the fuck is, you know, I'll like round a corner that's like, oh, that's like the OD corner. And it's like, now we're setting up a camera and I'm standing there with like a cinematographer being like, yeah, let's look this way. And in my and mind- And Fellini is getting a wide yeah, of the whole thing. And I'm sort of like, but I know that we're on OD corner. Like, and- Do you have the thing- And we're at a point where I can even fucking tell everyone and we're all like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, yeah. this is so OD. weird. OD, you? No, nope, not you know, possible. And it's just a trip. Like- Do you have the thing sometimes where you'll be in the rental car, you'll be on OD corner- and you'll go, wait, which which timeline am I? Like, which life am I? I'll be in New York sometimes, and I'm yeah. going like, did I do Chappelle show yet? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. This is my whole trip. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is I've never seen Russian Doll, and yeah. I'm like, it's coming yeah. off of you. Yeah. Like, you are that. Yeah, you, you would probably like it, especially I'm now sure that I you're would. so into the psychedelics. It's like, it's very much me just trying to put that those questions into the framework that yeah. people can, and it's, it's incredible that, you know, we get money to make it because yeah. it's literally like, oh, you know, this Victor Frankl Man's Search for Meaning book is fascinating. I've done a lot of acid. I've, you know, died and come back to life in my own life. Uh, what would it be like if that was a TV show and can we make it funny? Uh, and it's really just like a theological, you know, philosophical, psychedelic, existential sort of adventure show. And it's very, it's very fun to, 
to think about. It's also, it's very like brain breaking, you know? Yeah. But I love making it for just this reason. Like I love sitting around with like a group of people and just like talking about this in a writer's room for, you know, months. And then yeah. how do you shoot that? Like, how do you articulate that visually? And what does that sound like? And, you know, what is the sound of those questions of like, you know, did this already happen or I yeah, know it and didn't. I'm not, I don't but- want to give the impression that like, this is a universe that I exist in that much. I just, I've always, even before ayahuasca, I would always be like, what? Sometimes I'll be walking around the village mm-hmm. and like, if it were a movie, it would be like me and Derek Delgatti, who directed my show, like walking around a year ago. Yeah. And then in a movie, I'd cut to me. Yeah. Then I'd cut wide and it would be Mike Schur in 1999, me and him walking around. Yeah. And like, it's all this kind of weird loop and it's not exactly the same conversation. Yeah. But it's not that different. Right. And that's funny that I like, I'm just getting that like essence from you. Like you are that. You know, I would just say like, for me, it's very relaxing to know I've made that. Cause in, you know, many ways it's like, it's nice to have it off my chest a little bit. And like, uh, you know, I really want to, um, you know, make another one. And I really want to make, like, I really want to direct a movie about that. I really, you know, like not about that, but just uh, there's, I'm, I'm so grateful in a way that there's like a, a medium that I understand for how to sort of ask these questions in sort of like crazy and visual ways. Yeah. It's, I find it relaxing. And it's an obvious thing to say, but it's impossible without the dark period. Yeah, like I think one must, you know, you you, you have to have what to say, I guess, like, or uh, a take, you know, I mean, the, the good news is, is, is everyone has sort of experienced uh, darkness and enough. I mean, it's like, it's not like, oh, go search, go search for some. It's really just about, how can you like metabolize and then put it put it out there in a way that's, you know, either like, okay, now it's a stand-up special or now it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, fucking community service or now it's like, you know, you, you've got to be able to put that into some sort of thing that makes it make sense. Otherwise, it feels like very dark to, <laughs> to have had it at all. Uh, or purposeless. Not yeah, purpose, like, I mean, whatever, it's just existing. But I'm just but. saying that we all have that, you know, opportunity for purpose baked in because it's really just as simple as being like, you know, hey, I get it. Like sort of what we do is just say, hey, I get it on a wide scale. But all we're doing is saying, hey, I've also lived through those weird feelings and uh, I get it and let me sort of flip it on its head and sort of like, uh, it feels funny to say it that way, right? Okay, it feels a little better. We all had that yeah, fucked up yeah. shit happen. Are you, is there's something quite beautiful about the fact that everybody has that ability to sort of say that to each other and sort of like what a more um, uh, compassionate sort of empathetic, you know, universe it would be if we could sort of say that to each other more consistently instead of say, you know, how come you're not ahead of this feeling or how come you're not okay? Or, you know, just to say like- Or like, you know, ooh, just Yeah, ooh. gross. Oh, yeah. that's a lot. Like how much nicer would it be to say like, oh, I get, I get what this is like and I hear you too and you're okay. You know, just, yeah. there's something very- more uh, gentle about that, even though it's acknowledging sort of a deeper darkness. There ultimately is something more buoyant in acknowledging that that's real too. This is the most incredibly redundant, but let's say there's a Leon biopic Mm. who plays you obviously. And what's the arc? What is it? And it's just a, Hour, you got an hour and 50. Mm, I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, I would say that I think it's very uh, key to not be like, here is resolution and here is an answer and here is what it's all about, you know, and like, by golly, I've cracked it. I think right. it's much more important to uh, sort of say like we're in a, a unified experience of, you know, these are the questions and, you know, it's okay that we're all feeling something similar about 
you know, how, how strange this is. So like, in other words, there are ultimately no, um, like mistakes. It's really just about like, did you make it through and, uh, you know, take any care of each other in that. So I would say like, I don't know that there's, uh, such a clear arc of like, you go down and you come out. It's not, I don't think that's, that's what it's about. I think it's more about like, you stay, you stay in the fight. You know what I mean? Like you stay and that's okay. It's okay to not be a resolved human being, basically. 